Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. December the 11th will be a test for the federal government for by-elections. Mr. Trudeau calling those by-elections just uh, in the last, what, 48 hours? I guess we knew this was going to happen. An ex-Gitmo prisoner is now suing Canada for $50 million. He's Algerian, and he says, uh, according to Canadian press, he suffered abuses at the hands of American security forces after he left Canada 15 years ago. His name is Jamel Amezian, and he's quoted as saying, My current situation is really bad. I'm struggling to survive. I was repatriated from Guantanamo and left like almost homeless. I couldn't find a job because of the Guantanamo stigma and my age, so a settlement would be very helpful to me to get my life back together. Yeah, why not? In uh, a draft statement, Canadian press writes, they received, Amesiana seeks damages of $50 million on the grounds that the Crown's conduct constituted acquiescence and tacit consent to the torture inflicted upon the plaintiff, the lawsuit alleges. Canadian intelligence, the suit alleges, began sharing information with the Americans after failing to pick up on the 1999 millennium plot in which Abdul Ressam, another Algerian who had been living in Montreal, aimed to blow up Los Angeles airport. Okay, and the, the lawyer is Mr. Nate Whitling, if, if memory serves. I think he represented, in part, Omar Carter. And there's a story from Hamilton. We're going to go to my guest in about 20 seconds, but story from Hamilton today. Police have charged a man after he, after, after they allegedly witnessed him repeatedly hitting a dog in the head. This guy had uh, allegedly picked up a yellow lab retriever by the neck and punched the dog several times in the head. These stories just infuriate me. Because you know how important my little buddies are to me and the Rowdies. There's a story about them this morning, but I'm not going to bother you with it. Political correctness is shutting down freedom of speech and freedom of expression. The Cato Institute's Cato at Liberty survey reveals 71% of Americans say political correctness has silenced discussions society needs to have. And we talked about that. 58% have political views that they're afraid to share. Isn't that interesting? And might that, as I suggested yesterday, not account at least in part 
for pollsters having some difficulty in recent elections to predict what's going to happen. Because if you've got six out of ten people, and I suspect the percentages between Americans and Canadians quite similar on this, if you've got 60% of people who have political views they're afraid to share and the pollster calls your house and says, who will you vote for and you don't want to tell them, will you tell them what you tell them? And that may have absolutely zero to do with what you're going to do. The author of the uh, Cato Institute's study is Dr. Emily Eakins, and she joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Dr. Eakins, thank you. Thank you for having me. Is this the first such study for Cato, or have you been doing them for a while? No, we've been doing um, national public opinion studies for a while, but this is the first one on this particular topic, looking at free speech and tolerance in the United States. So what was it that that made you interested enough to pursue this? Did you have a a visceral sense before you began that that freedom of speech was being challenged by political correctness and effectively challenged by political correctness? Well, we certainly saw during the 2016 presidential election, Donald Trump talked a lot about political correctness. He said a big problem this country has is political correctness, and that really resonated with a lot of his voters. So that was one reason we were interested in it. But there was actually a broader issue at stake that, that we wanted to take a look at. And it had to do with some recent firings of individuals from their jobs for expressing their political opinions either outside of work or at work and getting fired. So an example of this would be the former CEO of Mozilla Firefox, Brendan Ike. Um, several years ago, it came to light that he had donated to a campaign that would ban same-sex marriage in the state of California. Um, Now, when he donated this money, um, he was in the majority view at the time. In fact, that particular ballot proposition passed in the state of California. Um, However, um, when it came to light several years later, um, it was very, you know, kind of not acceptable among many um, in kind of the inner circles at Mozilla and many of their users, and so there was this big public outcry, and he was removed as CEO of Mozilla Firefox. And so people were very um, kind of concerned about this. Now, this particular thing is not a, quote, free speech issue, because in the United States, the First Amendment is about what government, you know, can prevent you or not prevent you from saying. It's not about whether a private business could fire you. But still, it raises an important question. Do you want to live in a society where if you express certain, if you express kind of regular political views, you're at risk of losing your job if kind of a loud enough minority um, kind of demands uh, your job? Um, And so that was something that we also wanted to take a look at. And as I'm sure you saw in the survey data, it's true. Americans are willing to punish, censor, and regulate one another if they find the other person's opinions offensive. And guess what? That's why 58% of Americans say they have political opinions that they're afraid to share. You know, that's really alarming. And I would suspect that there would be significant numbers of people in this country who would say, if you ask them, look, if, if you expressed your political opinions freely and openly to the people you work with, to your boss, never mind to the clients of the company, because you wouldn't do that unless there was a specific reason to, like a conversation drifted in that direction. But if you expressed your political beliefs and leanings openly and directly with your fellow employees 
and with your employer, would you worry that you might lose your job? I suspect there would be people in this country, maybe significant numbers, who would say, oh, yeah, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't dare do that. And that's, boy, that's the thin edge of the wedge, isn't it? Right. And, and, and many people would say, look, you know, it's perfectly within the rights of the business to do that. And I would say, you are correct. It is within the rights of a business to do that. But we have to ask ourselves, um, most people work, right? Most people have jobs. And if everyone's afraid that has a job to express their political views uh, about mainstream issues like immigration, um, it was one of the big things we asked people on our survey who said they had views they were afraid to share. We asked them, well, what views? are you afraid to share? Could you, could, you, could you tell us in your own words what they are? Now, a lot of people said, like, I'm going to tell you. Um, but the people who did answer the question, I went, we went through and coded their responses, and a lot of them had things to say about immigration. Um, now, in the United States, there are many people that are currently residing in the state that, uh, it, it, in the country that do not have um, authorization to do so. They're called illegal immigrants or unauthorized immigrants or whatnot. Um, on our survey, we found that 80% of liberals believe that it is hate speech or very offensive to say that the U.S. should deport illegal immigrants. Only about a third of Republicans agree with that sentiment. Now, just juxtapose that for a moment. So 80% versus 30%. So one group of people think to even espouse a policy position. Now, even if you disagree with it, it's just a policy position to even espouse that is on the level of hate speech or offensive speech, then you're going to be afraid to share those views. Now, if everyone's afraid to talk about immigration, how on earth do you have a productive public policy debate when the Democratic voters of a country are afraid they'll lose their job if they talk about those sensitive topics? And, you know, and uh, can you stay with us a little longer? Yes. Okay, I, I want to take a break, but uh, I, I want to say this before we take the break. If, if I'm not mistaken... The degree to which people are afraid to express their opinions, be it political or otherwise, because of political correctness or because of the sharply delineated liberal conservative line or or, or views, uh, that's a fairly recent phenomenon. We're talking about the last 10, 12 years, are we not, or even less? Well, it depends. I mean, to this extent, to this extent. I mean, in the, in the 1960s in the United States, the people who were afraid to speak were feminists, atheists, and communists. Um, you know, we saw McCarthyism in the United States spring up, where it was like a witch hunt for a communist that was secretly working in Hollywood or at your business. So I think it's more that it's changed who is, um, what ideas are considered unacceptable and should be punished. Mm-hmm, okay. um, it's certainly shifted um, who's culturally dominant from the right to the left, Um in terms of what ideas are not allowed. Hold on, please, Dr. Eakins. want to talk some more about what's going on. 71% of Americans, that's... Why, do, why was I about to do what everybody else does? That's 7 out of 10. You don't need me to do the math on that one. Unless I'm showing off my math skills. 71% of Americans say political correctness is silence discussions society needs to have. Silence them! And six out of ten have political views they're afraid to share. You start to become a really repressed and repressive society. That's just really wrong. But, I, I, I mean, I, I've told you this like two or three years ago. When I used the word foreigner, when we were talking about people coming to Canada, and I used the word foreigner, 
I was attacked by an email suggesting the word foreigner is racist. And I remember asking Jason Kenney, who at the time was the citizenship and immigration minister federally, what he thought of that. And he thought that was just... Well, I don't want to say what he said, because then he'd be accused of being... Anyway, we'll be back in a minute with Dr. Eakins on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. You listen to Green, Green. you might turn red. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. There was a survey uh, not that long ago about what your favorite car song is. You know, when you're driving along and you're singing along and everybody's looking at you like, what the hell's wrong with him? This is mine. And trust me, you don't want to be in the car when I'm singing along. Because Sonny and Rocky will be there. They sing along too. (laughs) Roy Green Show Chorus Radio Network. Uh, emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at the Roy Green Show. The uh, Cato Institute. I find this fascinating. Cato at Liberty. Cato Institute. Very interesting organization. Um, I follow them on, on Twitter and I check on them regularly. 71% of Americans say political correctness has silenced discussions society needs to have. 58% have political views they're afraid to share. So uh, our guest is Dr. Emily Eakins. She's the author of this survey, the study. Dr. Eakins, you know, so we have 71% of Americans saying that political correctness has stifled speech or conversation or discussions we need to have, but we're not having them. And I'm, I'm not so sure whether it's political correctness or whether it's political correctness uh, combined with a clearly delineated liberal versus conservative point of view, which is what you just talked about before the break. Yeah, you know, I think in part of it is that so many of us allow ourselves to see political disagreement as we blow it way out of proportion. Instead of just saying, oh, I disagree with you on this particular policy. Instead, we just assume these negative motives about each other. We we kind of blow it out of proportion. Um, and as a consequence, we've seen on college campuses throughout the United States, um, students are shutting down lots of invited campus speakers because the things that they think they will say or things that they have said uttered one time in their life um, is so offensive that the students cannot handle having them speak at the university, and so they shut them down. So it's not just about firing people from their jobs, um, but it's also about just trying to shut down speech that you don't like. And I think what's happened, um, at least in the United States, is that this is just it has reached such a high decibel level that people know that they can't talk about certain issues for fear of kind of their coworkers, uh, their classmates, you know, other people in their community mistaking them and assuming they have nefarious intentions. And so that shuts down debate. Uh, 59% of liberals say it's hate speech to say transgender people have a mental disorder. Only 17% of conservatives agree. That's one thing you found. 
39% of conservatives believe it's hate speech to say the police are racist. Only 17% of liberals agree. 80% of liberals say it's hateful or offensive to say illegal immigrants should be deported. Only 36% of conservatives agree. 87% of liberals say it's hateful or offensive to say women shouldn't fight in the military combat roles, while 47% of uh, conservatives agree. There is this strong delineation, liberal and conservative. With that being what it is, uh, is is anybody really talking to each other about significant things any longer? Or or honestly speaking about them? You know, I think the numbers that you just read perfectly, I think, explain why this can be so problematic. Liberals and conservatives disagree about what speech is offensive and hateful. And so when people try to kind of shut down or censor, you know, how could you say that? How can you think that? Um, When they try to censor each other's political opinions, it shuts down conversations that society needs to have. Um, But but the thing is, is that we don't, as a society, agree about what is offensive. And that is where this is so difficult. I think a lot of people assume that everyone agrees with them about what is offensive. So an example, you just read a number just a moment ago about um, 59% of liberals think it is hate speech to say that a transgender person has a mental disorder compared to 17% of conservatives. So about a decade ago, that was kind of the general psychological diagnosis. Um, But now people have changed their view on this issue, or some people have changed their view on this issue, while others have not. Um, There is a well-known conservative commentator here in the United States named Ben Shapiro. He has made this statement. This is his belief that uh, transgender people have a mental disorder. He went to give a speech at UC Berkeley, a major university in California, and the students uh, almost shut down the school with violence. Yeah, we saw it was that. A major issue. Yeah, we yes, have a we we had to hire all the security. Yeah, Dr. Weekins, we have about twenty seconds. What's your takeaway? I mean, we've talked to us about it, but what's the what's the fundamental takeaway? The takeaway is we can't regulate each other's speech because nobody agrees really what is offensive speech. It's fascinating. It really is fascinating reading. Thank you so much for for doing it, and thanks for talking to us today. Thank you for having me. All the best. Here's Dr. Emily Eakins, and it's the Cato Institute, C-A-T-O, Cato at Liberty. I'm going to do something here I haven't done before. 1-800-263-2428. Say something controversial, and let's see if we can talk about it. 1-800-263-2428. 1-800-263-2428. Say something controversial, not hateful. Say something controversial. 1-800-263-2428. We'll see if we can talk about it.